Welcome to Marriage Mondays with the Kings. I'm Kenya. And I'm Shan. And, and we, we are, are the Kings. Kings. Happy Monday. Welcome back to each and every one of you all. You know, we are joining you live. We're going to jump into today's show for the sake of time, but we cannot do that without letting you know who our sponsors is. So first up, we have Hope, helping our patriots evolve. Hope is a space for all veterans and their loved ones to come and feel like they are accepted and understood. Veterans around the globe suffer every day from a pain they can't escape. Hope offers encouragement to those who are searching for a place to connect. It is our passion to help all veterans and their families regain their lives. Within every member of our network is the knowledge of their resiliency. Let us be a supportive resource as you travel along your journey. Hope is not a mental health service. For that, you will have to find a supportive mental health resource within your community or at your local veteran health administration. For more information, you can check them out by going to www.hopeveteranstrong.com. Then we have Christian Humor Force slash Inspiration. This is a group that is designed to uplift, inspire, and bring humor to everyday life in a Christian way. So if you are in the social media, please go and check them out simply by going to search them on Facebook at Christian Humor Force slash Inspiration. And like we always do when we open up our show, we love to open up in a word of prayer. So if you're able to bow your heads with us, please do so safely and join us as we go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just come to you today, give you glory, honor, and praise. Father God, we just thank you once again for waking us up this morning, Heavenly Father, starting us out on our way, dear God breathing the breath of life in us, dear God, to go forth and do what you have called us to do. Father God, we just thank you for being the God that you are, a God of a second chance, that you are a healer and a redeemer on the day, dear God. And Father God, we're just calling upon your name right now. We're pleading the blood of Jesus, Heavenly Father, that you would keep your hands upon this country, dear God, that it will not remain divided, dear God, but you will pull us together in unity and brotherhood and in love on the day, dear God. Father God, we're praying for those that do not know you on today. We're praying for individuals who have lost their way. They need to find their way not only back to you, but back to their parents, back to their husbands, back to their wives on the day, dear God. We just ask that you would step in, Heavenly Father, that you would be a mediator and resolve conflict within families on the day, dear God. Father God, we're praying for every situation that a person may be going through. We're praying against bouts of sickness on the day, dear God. We're coming up against cancer, dear God. We're coming up against COVID-19 on the day, dear God, because no matter what name is out there, there is no name that is higher than the mighty name of Jesus on the day. So Father God, we just continue to give you glory on and praise in everything that we do. Father God, put an unction down in our hearts, Heavenly Father, to get better and do your will, Heavenly Father. Father God, we're asking you on the day that you would just continue to push us, Heavenly Father, in the direction that you would have us to go. Let us put aside every wake and worry on the day, dear God. Let us get our mindset out of everything, dear God, and go to the mindset that you have given us. And Father God, lastly, we're asking that you would just continue to be a blessing to your people. Keep your hands up on this. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So we are going to go ahead and let you know that views expressed on this show are those of the host, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of KRGN 98.5 FM, its management, or other advertisers. KRGN 98.5 FM holds no responsibility for the validity or accuracy of information on this show. And our Marriage Mondays with the Kings disclaimer, please keep in mind that although we are counseling professionals, the information shared on our radio show is for ministry and educational purposes only. Also note that topics discussed are reflective of supporters who contact us designed to have a deeper knowledge of these topics. 
No information is shared on our show based upon our counseling experiences. Topics are for the encouragement of marriage, families, and communities as God desires for us to minister. And our motto for our show here on Marriage Mondays with the Kings is helping to build stronger marriages, which lead to stronger families and stronger communities. And our foundational scripture is Matthew, the 19th chapter in the sixth verse. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So we just want to do a quick recap before we jump into the show. I'm not going to make it long, honey, because I'm ready to get into this topic. OK, so last week, our show was entitled Being Submissive versus Being Controlled. I'm telling you, that was a good show. But if you happen to miss it, so we're not going to get into the heavy recap on tonight. Um, go to the Listen Here tab on our website at www.marriagemondayswiththekings.com. All right. And so we once again, just going to jump in today's topic. And today's topic is entitled Second Wives Club, the yes. Second Wives Club. Mm. So we have a special guest and we're going to be nice host on tonight and we're going <laughs> to allow our special guest to go. First, it's going to be a little bit of a twist, but we want to allow our special guest to introduce herself. We want to know where you live, um, what your marital status is, how long you've been married and how many children that you you have. Okay. My name is Christina Civico. I currently live in Napomo, California. I'm married for 21 years. A year we divorced and now we're back together and we have four kids in total. Okay. All right. All right. So um, we want to just go ahead and we want to start off and I just want to start off by reading a specific comment that a uh, viewer or a listener sent in to us. And this is that uh, comment. And just want to see if you would be able to provide your thoughts on uh, this. And so it says, I honestly do not see what the big deal is with being a second wife. There are many of us that are virgins and several of us have been in many, many relationships. So how is being a second wife any different than being in a long line of girlfriends or a long term relationship? OK, personally, this is just my personal opinion. God didn't ordain us to be girlfriends or longtime girl relationships. That's just not that's not what I teach my daughters. And that's not what I feel like we're meant to do, period. I don't think that it um, for me personally, I don't think that that works, you know, and just because there's a couple reasons why, you know, just like the scripture sh says, when two become one. So are you two or are you one in that relationship? Because if you're not married, you're two separate people. He still belongs to his mother and father and you still belong to your mother and father. So in saying that your name doesn't go first on the obituary, God forbid anything happens to you, who gets to pull the plug? You know, there could be other things, reasons why we shouldn't do those things. Argument sakes, you know, things like that. But that's just my personal opinion. And that's not what I teach my daughters to set their goals to be. You set your goal to be a wife. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so for those of you all who are joining us, let me go ahead and say this before I give my answer. So Kenya's basically interviewing myself and Christina because mm -hmm. we are both, you know, we've 
our spouses have been married before. Let's just say it like that. And so if you're listening via radio podcast or whatever, you can go to YouTube and Facebook and you can join us right now live. Okay. So I was sitting up thinking about this response and, you know, I'm not going to lie. Y'all know me. (laughs) Oh Lord. So many things were going through my mind, but I want to be like my husband. He's the king of analogies. And I thought about it like this. To set up and try to compare a second wife or, you know, being married a second time to any other type of long term relationship, a girlfriend to me is like, let's take it to our children. If you have multiple children, it's wrong to compare the second child to the first child. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because even though you came from the same mother and you were provided by the same father, if you will, you are both different. Every marriage is different. It is different. And so to be able to compare a second wife to a long-term girlfriend and what's the difference in virgins and all this other kind of stuff that was said in the statement, that's no. Like you said, Christina, you you brought up a lot of valid points. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So a second wife is different than the first. And so think about it like this from a parent's perspective, because this is what I was thinking when you have multiple children. Thinking about it like this, If the first child is always getting in trouble, being disobedient, whatever the case may be, they are off the chain, if you will. Then what is the parent going to do? Nine times out of 10, they're going to be they're going to be harder on the second child. And because I don't want you to go down the same path as the first child. And so in saying that, a lot of times the second spouse, whether it be husband or wife, especially if the the individual that you married didn't properly heal or properly grieve the divorce then guess who's going to get it the worst? Mm. So that's something to think about as well. So, you know, that's my little spiel on it. Yeah, and I think it's something that we really have to take a look at. And Christina, you really hit the the nail on the head there. But I was just kind of reminded of a scripture. uh, First Corinthians, the 13th chapter, I believe it's the 11th verse says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. But when I became old, I put away childish things. We have to understand that sometimes when you're in that boyfriend, girlfriend, long-term relationship phase, we may think it's the adult thing to do, but we're really acting in a childish manner. Mm. See, when we get married, when we go before God and say, this is my offering to you, this is my uh, pledge, if you will, um, this is my, I can't think of the other word that they usually use, um, but you're making promises before God that he's going to hold you accountable for. And see, we're giving of ourselves as women. You give of yourself to that husband. Whereas when you're just a girlfriend or a boyfriend, once again, you're still in that single mindset. Mm-hmm. So everything you, you said there is, is exactly true. But I think individuals have to understand there's definitely a big difference. You may have your heart. Uh, with that individual. Your body may be with that individual, but see, when you get married, now it's, it's more of a soul thing as well, because not only is that individual tied to your soul, God is tied to your soul as well. That's so true. very good. I really like that. Thank and you. so the next thing I wanted to ask you guys is just, you know, with you guys both being second wives, if you will, uh, talk to me about some of the experiences. What has your experience been as being a, a second wife, uh, both good and bad? So let's start. We'll just your experience first. Yeah. Um, I have to say my experience was not it. My husband and his ex-wife had no communication with each other. So therefore it was bad. It was um whatever their reasons was, because you know, there's two sides to a story. 
Um, so I was the communicator. Um, did the ex-wife come at me wrong? Yes, there there's problems there. But um it was more or less because there's children involved. You know, and so the communication was rough, rough. Um going in, I don't I don't want to replace nobody. I'm not trying to replace nobody's mother. I had my own kid coming into the relationship and it was a struggle. The first meeting was a struggle, but um, I just let them know, you know, you can take your children and go. Um, I'm not, I, we weren't married yet, you know, cause there's always a meet. There should always be a dialogue. There should always be a meeting before you marry someone with children also, because you go into second marriages, you're probably coming in with children. So there should be a dialogue. But if, you're not willing to communicate with that other person that's coming in and you're just trying to come in sideways, you know, it doesn't make for a good meeting. It does not. It, you can always try to uh, be the bigger person, but it will never, never happen that way because there's children involved. There's hurt feelings involved. There's baggage involved. You know, you're bringing your baggage in. And um, the best thing is I wish that we all just could communicate, but it didn't happen that way. And it's it's hurtful. It's hurtful to the marriage. It's hurtful to the children. So, you know, it's I will have to say that it um, it wasn't great. There was a lot of choice words that we probably shouldn't have been using as adults. That was our childish minds, you know, and that was us coming in from hurt relationships and whatever their mess was. And uh, I don't think that that it should have gone that way, period. Well, I know for myself, um, when we, you know, came in, this was my first marriage ever. And then mind you, at the same token, here I am a 20 year old um, coming in. I came in with a son and it's not like me and the son's biological father had this long relationship or whatever. And then to be very transparent as we always are, my husband's divorce was fresh. And on top of that, we were both military. And so being military is like, hey, mission come first, you move. And I cannot mm -hmm. blame it on the military, but I must say it was very rocky at first. And so whereas like how you had mentioned, Christina, you know, he had a daughter coming in. I had a son coming in. And I would say that I felt that it was more attention coming from his side versus what he had to deal with, with the, the father, if you will, of the son that I had or whatever. And so it was very rocky at first, <laughs> you know, being the second wife, being a young lady, not knowing who I am as an individual, I will admit that I was I came into the relationship full of rage, and then I got to deal with the foolery on top of it. And I remember when me and my husband was dating. I don't know if you remember when we were in um, station at Bad Krishnat. It was some friction that had happened, and I remember telling him I was like, "Look, I came in, look, I came into the military to take care of my child. I did not come in it for this." Because the environment that I left was very dysfunctional and not just in my upbringing, but the neighborhood that I came from, it was rough. And so for me to try to provide a better life, I was not trying to walk into the foolishness. And so I have to admit, it was very rocky um, in the beginning. Like, I can't even lie. So, you know, I agree with you with that when children are 
are involved. It was very rough, but then I'll say this as well. I thank God for growing up in a church because I didn't take anything out against his daughter, if you will, at the time. We don't use his and her. They are all of our children. But I, I remember just like I was praying for my son that I brought into the marriage, I was praying mm -hmm. for his daughter. And so anything that the daughter may have said that may have been offensive to me or I would have found offensive for some reason as a, a young adult, I didn't find fault because I knew that a lot of things were being planted into her head not to like me. So I would just pray for her and my husband's, you know, relationship. So, yeah, it was rocky at first. I going. It was rough. Yeah. It was rough. And I can see where it can be rough uh, for individuals that are, you know, being, being the second wife or being a second spouse. Uh, one thing that you have referred to there, Christina, you know, that maturity level. Uh, and a lot of people don't have it when, when relationships end, they often end on bad terms. And so a lot mm -hmm. of people don't deal with uh, that very well. And then it's just something about being real uh, with individuals. And, and that realness is this. Some of the times when a person sees you with somebody else, they realize that they lost out on something good. And so naturally the friction is going to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't want to see that other individual happy. They're not willing to, to let go. So to be able to kind of um, take on uh, some of the baggage, as you stated, uh, that someone else has, um, it, it says a lot for an individual that there's a lot of maturity there. There's a lot of growth there, uh, but there's also a lot of responsibility there as well. And once again, just being reminded of our foundational scripture, Matthew 19, chapter the sixth verse, sir, they are no longer two, but one flesh. See, when individuals get married, they forget that there's a physical side of that as well. That fleshly side, uh, you two are joining together. But think about all the other things that are going on in the natural that you have to inherit with that individual too. Like you said, you're inheriting all their baggage, whether you know it or not. That credit score you had, if you had 800 and that person had four, when, when you, however the credit company does that, you just pick up their credit and all that stuff with them. You, you have to understand that there's some things going on in the spiritual world as well. Sometimes that individual has partaken of some things uh, and it's done something to them spiritually, you're going to pick that up as well because the two has now become one flesh. So I have to give both of you ladies a lot of credit. And I'm not saying that from my standpoint or even your husband's standpoint now that we had some bad things going on with them. This most most people do. And I, I have to admit, I had some things going on within myself, but it had to take a lot of maturity there and a lot of love to be able to not only pick up those things that the husbands were dealing with, but also when other children are involved, you're taking on something different. And it's like, you may be carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. So I definitely have to compliment you guys in that aspect. And so the, the next uh, question I have for you all uh, is just being as transparent as, as you can. Uh, can you share with our audience, maybe one of the toughest things that maybe you've had to go through uh, being a second wife? I have to say all the baggage, all the hurt um, that they had. And uh, I have to say, I just want to say this, all that baggage and hurt, whatever they went through, it contributed to a part of our not trusting, not trusting. And like I said, um, me and my husband were married for a long time, oh, 11 years, and we got divorced for a year. It, a lot of that baggage, my past baggage, his past baggage, it contributed to that stress too. You know, being a military couple too, we both military, you know, got out it, all that it's, it's like a pot, 
and it boils and it, it hits the fan one day. So a lot of that comes in, you carrying your bag and you, you throw your bags together, they explode, you know? So a lot of that untrust, uh, the financial comes in with that, you know, um, it's just a, a lot of those simple things that you should be do, dealing with in a marriage that you think you're dealing with in this marriage, you're still picking up that portion and bringing it in. And it's a lot. It's a lot. You, you're dealing with twice the amount of stuff. Shan, same question for you. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is disrespect. That is the first thing that comes to my mind because it was a previous show that we had um, and we were talking about when you have individuals who get divorced and how the friends that are connected to that, the, you know, the husband and wife that are friends, it's almost like you're made to, to feel like you have to choose sides or whatever. Well, prayerfully, mm -hmm. Kenya and I didn't have to go through that because once he would see friends that he had with you know, when he was married to the ex-spouse and y'all know me to be honest, it validated a lot of what my husband said, which were the things that were issues within their marriage. They were actually happy to see that Kenya and I were married. <laughs> and so they were like, I'm so happy that you moved on, that you found someone that made you happy, whatever the case may be. And so, but then too, I had to think about it going back to the analogy of the first and second child. Most people are not excited when you get remarried again. Now, mm -hmm. I can't speak on his part, but when you get married, okay, it's like this. When you're dating someone, how, how we'll go back to the analogy or whatever, or the response that the individual gave. When you're dating someone, most family members or friends are like, okay, when y'all going to get married? You know what I'm saying? But when you get married for the first time, it's like, oh my God, I'm so happy. We wish you well. Everybody do this big celebration. But I've heard all too often with wives that they may be the second or third wife or fourth wife, whatever, you know, their husbands have said, well, I don't want a big wedding. Now, this may be their first marriage. Well, I don't want a big wedding because I already did that with my, my, with my ex-wife or I already did that with my ex-husband. And so it's a level of disrespect. And I would say that, not only having to deal with that with family that may be connected with the first uh, spouse, if you will, whether it be the husband or wife, in our case, we're talking about the ex-wife, they may be family with them. And no matter what, you're going to always be my sister or whatever. But you, because of your loyalty to the first wife, you discredit and discount the second wife and you don't even give our opportunity. That happens with children as well. Mm -hmm. We didn't really have that issue, but it's like, no, I can't get close to you because I got to be loyal to my mama. But if it was maturity amongst the adults, mm -hmm. then there wouldn't be an issue with that. And so that's something as well. And then even in the marriage, because I was thinking about this and I don't want to get ahead of myself. So I'm going to kind of, but even in the marriage, sometimes there are comparisons there are, oh, well, you know, that's just how so-and-so was or whatever. And so I know I encountered a lot of disrespect. I know you kind of alluded to it earlier where I can say probably one of the situations was being pregnant with our second um, child, our first child together. And she was trying to fight me in the parking lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? On, on government. So it's so much disrespect. And so it's like, how do you deal with it? And I know for myself, I had to pray because the old me would want to try to come up if we be real, because I'm like, why are you coming so hard against me? Because 
maybe you feel that you messed up when it came to him. You know what I'm saying? So I feel that whether it be the second wife, husband or whatever, one of the biggest things, and I'm sure as second wives and second husbands and so on are listening are saying that is true. It's that disrespect. And if there is not boundaries set, like you said, Christine, in the beginning to say, look, I'm no longer with you. <laughs> this is my husband. You are not going to talk to my spouse like that. Let's all sit down and, and create some healthy boundaries. And you will not go over these boundaries because I'm no longer with you. And I think sometimes when the marriage has ended and a divorce has occurred, the individual may feel, well, I've been married to you, let's say for 15 years, you only been married to him for one. So technically it's like, he's still with me. No. <laughs> so I think disrespect is one of the hardest things that I had to deal with. You got anything you was about to say? That is definitely because I, and I can speak um, highly on that because we have one child that I'm, we're very good at talking to each other from his previous marriage and one child, we don't even see the light of day together. Like don't speak, don't walk by nothing. And it's because of that parental disrespect. Like, um, and I have to say this because mothers, mother, and I'm a mother, so I'm going to say it. They believe that child only belongs to them. That is wrong. You are wrong. You birthed that child, but that child belongs to both of you. That's community property, okay? And we need to treat it as such when the divorce happens. Because otherwise, like you said, you get the disrespect. I have one child, don't even acknowledge me. Don't even acknowledge our child together. And that's fine. That's fine. You know, because what happened between your parents happened between your parents. It didn't happen between you. And another thing on that is, um, yes, you were married to the same person, but you don't get the same person in every relationship. So even though it's in a second wife or second husband, you even dealing with all that baggage, but you're not getting the same person. You're not getting the same person. So whether, you know, you might in name the same person, but not the same person. Yeah, that's that good. that's a real good point. That's true. And I, I noticed as you guys were talking there, you know, there's a lot of commonalities that came up. We talked about disrespect. Uh, we talked about uh, the children. And really sometimes, uh, and, and you guys are absolutely right, uh, parents, adults, we have to be adults. A lot of times the children are thrown in there like pawns on a chessboard and we have to understand that they have feelings as well. So we have to man up, woman up, if you will, be adults because you both decided to get in the relationship for whatever reason it ended. You have to both decide that, hey, the divorce is going to be there. Be adults about it and try to move on. Uh, but I know that, you know, we have a few friends that have been divorced and they were able to get uh, remarried. And it was like some of them really sat down and had the conversation like, well, this is how things are going to be. We have kids with each other. This is what we need to do. And it's like the wives are like they're not best friends, but they're very close because they understand that children are involved. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes when individuals get divorced, they think about being remarried, that they don't necessarily think about everything that it may encompass. You may have to really sit down. We really encourage counseling. Uh, oh we, want, we want individuals to get counsel, maybe so it doesn't lead to divorce. But if it does, sometimes you need uh, counseling in the midst of that divorce so that maybe you can set some goals and things um, 
going forward that may help you in your next relationship. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing before I ask the next question, I was kind of looking at John 10 and 10. It says that the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. We know that God is not the author of confusion. And a lot of times what you guys have experienced has been confusion. All right. So the next question I have, and I want to start off with my, my wife with this in first and Christina, you can answer afterwards. What has been a joy in being a second wife to your husband? So I had to say, um, building together has been joyful. Um, I feel, I know, although we've been married almost 22 years, um, one of the, I remember making this statement to my husband. You really staring at me, brother. (laughs) But I remember (laughs) making this statement to my husband. Um, and this was, I think, right when we got married, right at the beginning. And I remember saying, I would try to be a better wife to you than what you had. And the crazy thing about it is being 20 years old, I had no clue what I was talking about. I didn't even know how to be a wife, period. And so I think the greatest joy for me is like allowing him to know that he could be loved again. And that he could truly be loved, you know, not saying that I can sit up here and talk about what um, you went through, you know, mm-hmm. in your last marriage or whatever, because I wasn't in that marriage. But I know based off of what I heard, some of the fellow soldiers, some of the things that they said to, you, you know, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I would have to say being able to build together. And then I was you experiencing love, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, so so what do you have, Christina? What would you say? I have to say the same thing. It's it's um, new experiences, basically getting to enjoy each other. And like I said, so nice. We had to do it twice. So and the really coming together was like, this is what we did wrong. You know what I mean? And this is what we're healing from and doing the counseling, putting in the work to make it a better marriage. So. So basically, you all were able to identify what you did wrong the first time. And you know Mm -hmm. what? I really honestly find it um, interesting, you know, because most people, once they get a divorce, the pride on both sides that we've seen, it comes in and it's like, I'm not turning back, especially if you need you know, I'm just saying not to say this happened with you all, but I've heard it where, you know, individuals will go and they'll go talk to they, their families about it. Now the families is mad at the person or whatever. But for you all to be able to identify what was wrong and come back together and go to counseling, I like commend y'all for that. Like, that's mm-hmm. amazing because most people don't do that. Right, right. And it wasn't just um, counseling with each other. A lot of it is counseling on one on one. Because we need to be corrected. We need to be corrected as women because our pride is so much. And when you hurt us, you know, we hurt forever. We don't remember that forever. No, no, you don't have. It does not have to be that way. Whatever somebody said to you yesterday, that was yesterday. We're walking down this straight road. And I'm telling you, the glory of God comes upon us. And he gives us better things when we act like better people. Period. That's good. Yeah, that is good. Wow. And, you know, just to kind of talk about some of the other things that individuals may experience uh, being uh, second wives, uh, sometimes, you know, like you guys have stated, you just get the, the raw end of the deal for being that, that second wife. And, and sometimes it's just the immaturity of uh, other individuals, those friends, uh, even family members, coworkers, 
Uh, sometimes people just don't know what it's like until they go through it. Mm-hmm. You know, we hope that individuals don't have to go through things like that, but you know, sometimes that's, that's the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other things that we really have to take a look at is that you're going to face some issues in your relationships uh, just because of that baggage that was, was brought in. There may be some mm-hmm. trust issues there. There may be some type of jealousy uh, that's there. Uh, what that other individual did uh, in a relationship, you shouldn't have to take account for. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things, and we're just being transparent, that my wife and I went through for a long period of time. She would tell me, you can't blame me for the things that she did. And one day, you know, it just kind of jumped out of me. I said, you're absolutely right. I can't blame you for the things that she did to me to make me feel a certain type of way, but you have to take the responsibility for the way that you make me feel. And the reason why I was saying is that if she hurt me in some type of way, and then you do the exact same thing or put, make me feel that over again, that's no longer that individual. Now that's you. Yeah. But what I also had to understand is that I had to have a separating wall there to say, I can't let all that build up on her. I've got to give her some grace because she was not the initiator of the fire. And so once we really got past a lot of that, it was a lot easier for me to be able to trust a little bit more, to give a little bit more grace there. So there's a lot that are on uh, the wives, but there's a lot that's riding on the husbands as well. Because in my mind, I kind of looked at myself and says, I'm a failure because my marriage didn't work out. And now that when we were married and, you know, initially things weren't always going well, we have our little issues from there to there. I'm thinking in my mind. I'm failing again. And I don't want that to be a failure. So like you said, when the word of God really comes upon you, when the spirit of the Lord sets in on you, it makes you want to get right and do right. Things can definitely uh, turn around and make you get right. Uh, as they used to say, get some act right in you. In That's true. Well, let me, let me say this too. Um, you know, well, what was just shared about when the current spouse hurt there are a lot of times when the current spouse hurts. So let's say, for example, if I hurt Kenya, there are a lot of times that and it's just like being in the military. The current spouse don't know a lot of the times that you're even being triggered mm-hmm. because being mm-hmm. that the second spouse was not in the first marriage, how are they supposed to know what happened in the first marriage? Yeah. And so like how I was saying about the first and second child, that's like punishing the second child doubly hard for what the first child did. When the second child don't really know, they might have seen it. You know what I'm saying? If we use an analogy of children, but they don't know. And so that's why I think a lot of times, maybe even the second marriage, it gets rough and rocky. And that's why I said rocky in the beginning is because mm-hmm. how do you not know? You could say, oh, yeah, you know, she used to do this, but you wasn't in the marriage to really know. And so if there is not a healing that has taken place in counseling, because you spoke about counseling. Mm -hmm. If there's not a healing that has taken place, if there is not an acknowledgement that has taken place, um, if there's not, a, and I've learned this, a proper grieving of the divorce. Mm -hmm. Because we know this all too well, not trying to knock our military brothers and sisters, but it's just something we've seen. Mm -hmm. People in general, you will jump out of a marriage and go jump into another marriage before you even allow yourself to heal from the trauma of the first marriage. Mm-hmm. And then you blowing up on the second spouse for what the first spouse did. But I see something in your face. <laughs> what do you have to say? Because <laughs> it's true, you know, because it's true. You know, the ink is not even dry on divorce. And I say, hey, that's us. And um, you already getting into another relationship. You're getting into a relationship that, and that's why I tell I tell my daughter now. I wish that people would really 
open their hearts to counseling because yeah, we can counsel from get counsel from God, but sometimes up here ain't hearing the right things. So we need somebody sitting there. Well, these are the things I went through. Like, um, these are the things I don't want to go through. Whatever way you have to say it, this is what I expect from my marriage to you. These are the agreements that we're making together. And this is how we're going to walk it out. Make your plan. Make your plan. And I tell my daughter that because we've been reckless in the marriage. We've been reckless in our marriage. So make a plan. When you're getting ready, before you you want to walk down the aisle with all these beautiful things, but then walk into a raggedy marriage. The way you're preparing for that marriage, for that day, for them one people, all them people to have a great time. Put that time and effort into your marriage. Sit down with somebody, make a plan, follow that plan. And when that plan ain't going right, make sure you have somebody who is can be on no taking no sides. Don't go to your mama for your counseling. Don't, don't go to your friends with their broken marriages. You don't need to speak about your husband to somebody who going to badmouth them, you know, Make a plan with a counselor. This is what I want to do in my marriage. This is what I hope to have. And this is what we hope our dreams are going to be. Period. Put the work in. Because it works if you put the work in. That's good. That is good. And and one thing I hear both of you guys really saying is that, you know, that there's a big communication piece in in it all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Husbands and wives uh, have to be able to communicate or there were some things that went on in another marriage, things that are going on in your current marriage, so that both individuals get the understanding of what's going on. And I like what you said, Christina, about developing that plan. And I think the other half of that is that when things go wrong, you have to go back and look at the, uh, at the blueprint. Yeah, you, like you, you all did. Yeah. That's amazing. You, you're building mm-hmm. a house and some stuff ain't turning out right. You go back to the blueprint and realize, oh, this board ain't supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Maybe that board is jealousy. Maybe that board may be some inappropriate relationships over the Internet or whatever. But you take those things out so that your final uh, blueprint, your, your final product is able to stand the way that you want it mm-hmm. to. Really mm-hmm. good. And so the next question I have is this. What advice uh, would you guys be able to give husbands uh, with the fact that you've been second wives? Mm, Go ahead, Christina. (laughs) I would say I would want them to go and get a little bit of counseling. You know, write all the bad things that they want to wash away out. You know, um, deal with their problems first, even before they're even thinking about dating somebody. And it can be parental stuff that comes into a marriage, you know, like, well, I've seen this. I don't care what you've seen. I just care how we're going to be in our marriage. So those are the things that I would tell them. I tell my daughter now, make sure that their heart is whole. Hey, if you're thinking about somebody else, then I need you to go over there and settle what you got to settle. Because if you love that person, you're still going to be there at the end of the day to hold them up. So make sure that all your old business is closed. All your old business. That's good. That's good. Um, I know for me, I would say heal, <laughs> heal, heal. And, and, and healing, we all know healing does not happen overnight. So identify the things that went wrong, just such as you and your um, husband said you did, Christina. Identify what w- went wrong. What did the individual do wrong? And what did you do wrong? You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? In that marriage, identify that the one that you grieve it properly. Take the time to grieve it and properly taking the time to grieve. It may not be grieving with the next person. You see what I'm saying? Because how I look at it like this and I've heard this so many times. So this show topic 
over the past year and a half, it's a lot of, uh, I'll say women supporters who've reached out in reference to this topic. They desire to get married again. So it's unfair when you come into the marriage and you know that you're broken, we're all broken to some extent, mm-hmm. but when you know that you can't even say, Ooh, I'm about to touch on some toes. When you can't even say your ex's name, when you having a conversation with your child mm-hmm. or you're bashing your, your, uh, child, you're bashing the other parent while you talking to the child, you're not healed, sir. You're not healed. You are not. You see what I'm saying? And some healing needs to take place because children are innocent in this situation. And I know for myself, it frustrated me. One of the agreements that me and my husband made, whether it be the son that I came into the marriage with or his daughter, is we would not talk about the other parent to our children. Me and Kenya would have conversation, but we would have that conversation behind closed doors in our bedroom or whatever. But he can, his, the oldest daughter, our oldest daughter and our oldest son can both let you know that we did not dog there because healing, I can say the biological father's name and I don't have a, uh, uh, you know, it's nothing there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm with him. So I would say that. And then I'd also say this, sir, husband, whomever you are, please do not compare your current wife to your last wife. Because that's going to start World War Three in your house. So don't do that, whether you do it knowingly or unknowingly. If she comes back to you and say, quit comparing me to her. Sir, I'm going to need you to go get a pastor, call on a father, son, Holy Ghost, and a counselor. Even if you got to go get some holy water, whatever, anoint yourself, your mind. Because what you're doing is you are call- causing further damage in your marriage. And this is something else mm-hmm. that listeners have brought up. And I want to say this because this is so true. When you leave from your last wife and you cleave with your new wife, there should be no reason why you having private conversations Mm, with your last wife. Come on, somebody. Because, oh, well, we just having a conversation like me me and Kenya, we had this conversation. I didn't care. I wasn't micromanaging. If they were having a conversation about the daughter, the child that they had together, I didn't have any issues. Where the issue came in, and I had to, we're going to be transparent. Where the issue came in is where she would use the fact that she wanted to talk to him about the daughter. And then it turned from that conversation to, well, why didn't we work? And when we was together, next thing you know, they was arguing about stuff when they was married. Hold up, swole up, hold up. That's when I had an issue. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Because then that crosses over into disrespect. You see what I'm saying? So you got something in your spirit. I feel it brewing. What Mm -hmm. you got? I have to say that, too, because like I said, my husband does not talk to his ex. But when her divorce came around from her next husband, um, she felt a need to talk. No, you don't need to email my husband. You don't need to talk to him. He don't even like you. And it's not that I was jealous, but it was because I knew it would bring up old bad feelings and they can't stand each other. Now, I encourage him to be nice. We have two grandchildren and he don't even want to look at the lady. but we're going to be nice. We're going to be cordial. We're going to rock this party and we're going to be, I want our grandkids and our ch- younger children to see healthy relationships, but there is nothing you need to talk to my husband about, especially now, especially now. 
That's a good point. That is a good point. No child support need to be paid while we talking. <laughs> we done. <laughs> that's good. You know, once again, that, that goes back to that communication factor and then adults being adults understand the rules and boundaries that have been put out there and just going, you know, by that. Or even create some rules yeah. and boundaries, even now. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. now. Even now. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, one of the things you have to take a look at, you know, from that analogy that used to jump out of me, usually when you're talking about husbands getting out of a relationship, going into another one. Uh, there's usually a game that's being played Mm -hmm. and it's usually called tug of war. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times Mm -hmm. the husband is really trying to pull to get away, but the other individual is still pulling that opposite way as well. When the only thing both people got to do is let go of the rope. Come on. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the next question, uh, (laughs) what advice uh, would you give to ladies who are in a position to be a second or a third wife? Wow. Come on, Chris. Um, I have to say the same thing. Make sure that you're okay. Make sure you're okay first because you're going to go into this marriage. You're going to go within with ex-wives that have detachment issues. You're going to have a lot of problems, but make sure that your communication is good. Make sure that your comprehension is good and make sure that you have enough compassion to be dealing with that so that um, don't go in with hate in your heart for that other woman. That's going to uh, fall onto them kids, period, because it causes a lot of problems. Because usually when a man is married, he has attachment to his kids. And some women don't understand. I'm going to say immature women don't understand that it's not a love for that woman. It's a love for them kids. So you don't want to raise broken children that you're going to be a stepmother to. They are your children also. You know, so make sure that that communication is good and stop and get outside of your mind as a woman, because, you know, women, we're um, like the lioness. Hey, we going. This is ours. This is all ours. No, it's not. No, it's not. Especially when there's kids involved. If there's no kids involved, that's fine. But if there's children involved and, you know, things like that, you really have to come up out your head. Because it's not all about you. You wouldn't want that man treating them, your children, if you come in with children like that. So you don't do that either. So, you know, make sure that the community, just because you're going to get this nice looking man, he's going to come with some nice baggage and make sure that your nice mind can deal with all that baggage also. So I would say, um, like you said, make sure it's something that you can handle. Like I said, from my experience coming into a 20 years old, I, I had a lot of anger issues and all kind of stuff within me. And my main focus was my, my child, you know what I'm saying? And then having to deal with that as well. But I will say this, do not allow yourself to get disrespected. You have to set boundaries mm-hmm. coming in. You know, I'm going to say this as well. Pre, this is why premarital counseling is so important. Oh my God, if if we could have did it all over again, (laughs) I would have said premarital counseling because like I said, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? All I knew is I was leaving the great state of Oklahoma and joining the military and then I have somebody who wants to be with me and love me. And I did not know what marriage should look like, let alone marrying somebody who was getting a divorce. And then So I would say create boundaries, go ahead and let the individual know what you will deal with and what you won't deal with in the beginning. Don't think that you're going to come into that marriage. And just when you say I do, oh, I'm, oh, girl, all that's going to change after we say I do. No, ma'am, 
Not if you don't set the boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Before you come in, you got to let him know she will not disrespect me, even if the three of you have to sit down and have a conversation. Because what goes on between them have nothing to do with you unless a child is involved and you are going to be co-parenting that child, if you will. So I'll say that. The other thing I'm going to say to the single ladies Because nine times out of 10, if you marry somebody this day and age, they've probably been married before. Let's just look at the demographics and the Mm -hmm. statuses, percentages or whatever. I'm going to need you to listen for the red flags, sis. So if you come to him and you say, I desire to go to premarital counseling or let's go to the past. I mean, y'all been going to church, whatever. Let's go to the past and get some counseling. If he says out of his mouth, (laughs) Oh, well, I don't want to do that because me and the first wife tried it and it didn't work. He ain't ready. He ain't ready. And I'm going to say, ain't. he is not ready to be proper. And the reason why I say that is because of this. He's already comparing you unknowingly to the Mm ex-wife. So listen for the red flags. Your soon to be marriage is something that's totally different from what he just came out of. So if he's already saying, I'm not going to do this because I went through this with her and it didn't work, just like you said, Christina, you're two different people. So why are you as the second wife already getting robbed of the opportunity that the first wife was allowed? At least she noticed she tried it and it didn't work. But you don't know that because this is your first time coming into this marriage and this union with that individual. So look at them red flags. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And that's a good point. I think another thing that individuals have to really uh, dive into, uh, the spouses of females is, uh, I've talked to some individuals and they always felt like, well, I'm second best. Mm. I'm second best because I'm his second choice. And that's not always, uh, the, the case. You came in at a time where something didn't work out before and you're on the other end of it, but you can't second guess yourself and put yourself in a place to say, well, I, I'm just second best to that individual because you're not. A lot of times people make mistakes in, in relationships. We make mistakes in life. We buy a car that we think is the best thing for us. And then when it breaks down on us, we get that second car and be like, hey, this is the one I should have had. This is the best thing that's giving me up and down the highway. And sometimes I think uh, females have to take that into consideration is no one is picking you as second best. I'm pretty sure to some individuals, I can say it. If I would have met her first, I wouldn't have went through some of the things that I went through in my first relationship. Also mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, it is a, um, it's a growing thing that you're going to go through. Um, yes, you're going to meet this individual where they are at. Mm-hmm. You can't expect that individual to be one place, you to be somewhere else. You have to meet each other where you're at and then decide which way you want to go from there. Mm. And I think using that GPS, that that Bible can help steer you because when something ain't going right, you can say, hey, 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 recalculating, need you to turn around, go back, get down on your knees, pray about this thing and then move forward. But all too often, I just say from my standpoint, there is an ego thing there. There is a pride there that makes men want to try to do it all on their own. And we have to come to the fact that we, we can't do it all on our own. Mm. We, we need that individual beside us. That's why women are our help me to be able to get past one relationship and then even move into another. Mm. Wow. I can't believe so much time that already went by. We got like a few more minutes. So Chris, as a second wife, um, what else would you like to share? Because like I said, you know, there are a lot of women who reach out to us and they desire to be remarried again. They were, you know, in a relationship before whatever the case may be. Um, 
And some are even scared to get remarried because they don't want to get hurt again, especially if they felt that they put so much in their first marriage and it didn't work. What um, advice would you give as we, you know, prepare to be getting ready to close out? I would have to say, um, try and act like you can not act like it. Try and wipe your slate clean because that old relationship is not your new relationship. And I say that because, like I said, me and my husband have been together forever, got divorced and came back. And when we came back, it was like, erase those things. Stop comparing those things. Well, this will happen last time or this what somebody did to me. No, erase that. Erase that. And then tell people what you're expecting of them. Make that communication and make sure they're comprehending it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And not always walk away with, um, even though you know they're not comprehending it, stop walking away. Stop walking away with like, okay, I got it, but you really don't got it. You know, listen, listen, listen to what that person is saying and get to know that person. Y'all don't have to live together. You don't have to join your bank accounts day one, you know, because then you're, you're taken from an empty cup. Stop pouring into them empty cups and find the cup that's right for you. Just because you're ready, you know, most women think that they have to be in a relationship. No, you don't have to be in a relationship because you need to make sure that that relationship is right for you. That's why you don't want to be on a girlfriend long-term relationship status because you don't want that person at the end of 25 years to be like, well, you just ain't the person for me. Good. That is so true. Wow. Yeah, that's, man, I feel like we've given so many golden nuggets, you know, um, with this. I hope people understand, you know, to me, speaking as a second wife, when somebody gets remarried, don't automatically, I don't understand why this is, I'll automatically start bashing. I think the second wife catches more heat sometimes than, than men do when they get remarried. And so it's kind of like, uh, what do you call that? Mm, where it's off, you stereotype, you stereotyping. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, well, it's always the woman that has to make sure. No, just like uh, mm -hmm. single ladies or ladies who desire to get remarried again, those who are currently in the marriage <laughs> right now and things are not going right because that's been a lot of frustration when people have reached out as well. I'm just saying, you know, have those conversations. I don't believe that it's right to get into a new marriage. And the first thing you want to do, especially if you haven't healed from the previous one, is put a wall up and say, I don't want to talk to you about this. I don't want to deal with you. But you feel comfortable enough in your new marriage to go back and have a conversation with your ex-wife who you left from. Issue. That's the issue. I don't believe that God will ordain anything that you do because... He put marriages together. And so not trying to punish anybody who got a divorce, whatever the case may be when I say this, but what are you, are you doing the godly thing before you go back and try to have a conversation with your ex-wife about your new wife? Now y'all can be friends. Y'all know me. Woo, we can keep yeah. this going. <laughs> so anyway, we are literally at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to throw this out there. You know, I think for anyone, it doesn't matter if you're the male or the female, uh, if you are being a second wife or your husband has been divorced, kind of look at everything from a Ruth and Boaz type of perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Ruth lost her husband and look where she ended up at. She ended up following another right. lady. She's out in the field. She's gleaning. She's doing all this other stuff, gathering up wheat. And this man found her. But just because of how dedicated she was and what she was doing in the field, he mm -hmm. recognized her from afar. 
So sometimes it's not about trying to jump back into that relationship, females. It's all about having that man be able to look on you while you're gleaning, taking care of your work, taking care of yourself, making sure that you're right for that individual. Mm. And then men, sometimes it's about not just running up against everything that's out there, but the one that's out there in the field working so that you can see her and what she's doing. See who you can work with. Come on, somebody. Christina, we want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy evening, honey, to be with us to share these nuggets. We greatly appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Tell your husband we said thank you for allowing us to borrow you for this time. Yeah, definitely. And actually, you all's testimony Mm -hmm. to be able to be a blessing. I know people are going to be responding on tonight's lives with this. So we want to thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. But for everyone else we want to let you know that marriage mondays with the kings is brought to you by our sponsors we have hope which is helping our patriots evolve if you want to know more information about them and what they do for our veterans and the dedication you can check them out at www.hopeveteranstrong.com and then we have christian human force slash inspiration go to facebook if you have facebook and search them out. And so that way you can get some humor and everything else to uplift you throughout the rest of this week Mm -hmm. and year, honey. So we want you all to join us back next Monday, October the 26th, as we discuss why men do not marry. Mm, mm, mm. Somebody reached out to us and gave us some amazing material. We will not be live. We'll be back on the radio because we only go live once a month. Question of the week is this, which is going to be put out on our platforms. Why are more and more men not committing to marriage? Oh, yes. So if you would like to feel free to communicate with us or follow us, you have any questions or topics that you would like to be discussed, please do so by going to our website at www.marriagemondayswiththekings.com. So we want to thank you so much for joining us on tonight. And we ask that you will be back with us next Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And as always, keep it locked right here on KRGN 98.5 FM, The Rock. Rock.